Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there but it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. All right, y'all, what a last week we've had here on the Refined Collective Podcast. Y'all are seriously going crazy over the episode that I just did on The Bachelorette, Hannah, Luke P, Sex, and Jesus, all the things. Um, So if you haven't listened to that first, listen to this conversation, and then you're definitely going to want to go back and listen to my recap on this season of The Bachelorette. And honestly, regardless, if you listen to this listen to. (laughs) Regardless, if you watch the show, I think you're going to really find some valuable information on things like dating and physical boundaries and dating. And should I date a person that has a different worldview and faith than myself? And what if the person I am dating has different views on sex than I do? What do I do then? So there's a lot of practical insight in that conversation. So definitely be sure and check that out. One other thing before we get started is I would like to ask you as a friend, person to person, girlfriend to girlfriend, um, if you like the Refined Collective podcast, if it's been a blessing to you, if you've been a loyal follower or you've just listened to one episode and you're like, I like what I'm hearing, would you mind subscribing first to the podcast in your podcast app on your phone or on iTunes and then leave us a five-star rating and a written review? Both of these things are super helpful for us and getting our name and podcast out to more and more people. It's kind of like SEO for podcast. So I would humbly ask you to consider doing that. It would just mean so much to me. And now, no more asking you to do things for me. I'm ready to give you some really incredible practical insight in today's conversation with my dear friend, Ashlyn Carter, which I'm still not totally convinced that she is not related to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Hello, they share the same last name. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, y'all. All right, Ashlyn is one of the sweetest Southern women that I know, and homegirl is a baller at marketing and copywriting. She's built an incredibly successful business over the last few years on copywriting and productivity hacks. She has everything from a YouTube to online curriculum for people that are creative entrepreneurs. And recently when I did an Instagram poll. Yes, I listen to my IG stories and what you guys tell me you want to hear about. Um, So many people were asking questions about how do I stay productive in my day-to-day life? How do I pursue my side hustle? Or how do I work from home and stay motivated? So many organizational and productivity hacks. So there is no better person to talk about this stuff than my friend Ashlyn Carter. So get ready for our conversation. I know it will really support you. 
Well, welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I have one of my favorite people on here today, Ashlyn Carter. She is one of my friends that was in my mastermind with Jenna Kutcher last year. And she, the way she puts words together, like seriously makes me want to cry. She is so incredible. And we are going to be talking a lot about entrepreneurship today, time management, productivity hacks, because I know so many of you are on here and you have like your main job or maybe you are a new mom or maybe you have like 10 side hustles going on and the struggle can be freaking real. (laughs) So I know I talk a lot on here about faith and relationships and all that stuff, But based on the Instagram polls that I did recently, you have a lot of questions about how to have work-life balance and how to be organized and stay motivated. So the perfect person for this conversation is my friend, Ashlyn Carter. What up, girl? Kat, that is all so sweet. And if you only knew, I have a Kat Harris swipe file of emails that you send. (laughs) Well, they always make me giggle, especially your gift game. So. Girl, I think my gift game to is aspire, a ministry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it, I mean, it is a spiritual gift you have there, Kat. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny. Well, I just, I love laughing. And like, literally, what I mainly use Instagram personally for, let's just be honest, is like, mm-hmm. all I do is look for funny gifts and watch America's Funniest Video Memes. Like, uh, that's I, all I do. So I'm like, like, when I can't sleep, Wes is like, are you what? Are you looking at memes again? Yes, I am. And snickering. And then it wakes me up and then I'm not tired anymore. And then I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, Yeah, but it, I mean, but it brings laughter. Like you said, it's fun to laugh about. So you just got to laugh because I feel like I've been, well, I haven't been an entrepreneur for 10 years. I've been an entrepreneur for six years. But before that, I worked for a photographer for four years and I was in an office by myself for eight hours a day. And now I'm an extrovert. I'm a three on the Enneagram. And I was like, I'm going crazy. Like, what is happening? And I was like, I just can't wait to start my own business because I'll be in charge of my own time. And I'm going to work from like 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. and have work-life balance. And then I started my own business and it was like, oh, wait, when it's your baby, it's always on your mind and yeah. you can't ever stop working. You can't ever stop thinking about it. You were like, and LOL, it's been- that was a fun a dream that I had, but. Oh, yeah. Well, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah. And I didn't make money for the first four years. Like, <laughs> Right. Um, the hustle is real. The hustle is real. So I would like, I think you have a really unique story about how you got into running your own business. Yeah. So can you just kind of unpack? pack, who you are, what you do, and your path to getting there. Absolutely. Um, I grew up always, like, Devil Wears Prada was my favorite movie. When that came out, I was like, hands to the heavens, this is what I want to do. I want to work in marketing, magazines, something like that. So I went to school and studied that. Um, and so as soon as I graduated, I knew that I wanted to. I wanted that world. Um, I am living in Atlanta now with my husband, and that's where I got my first job. So I worked in a corporate marketing agency, a full-service firm in Midtown Atlanta. I I freaking adored it. It basically could have been Disney World. It was like everybody was so intelligent and bright and like a go-getter. And just we had dream client accounts, like um, big brands that were based in Atlanta were the ones that we were getting to serve. So I was helping on Delta Airlines, Chick-fil-A, just loved my job so much. Um, And it was 
you know, got to do the whole J. Crew pencil skirts and heels thing. I loved it. I was um, doing high-end medallion member events for customer service with Delta Airlines and drafting website copy for them. I'm going on and on. Just suffice yes. it to say, I was obsessed with this job. Um, went on from there to be a publicist for uh, basically like a celebrity chef, at least here in Atlanta, in his crew of restaurants. And that was when it started to um, impact me that I had a little bit too much going on during this mm. whole time. Um, just simply as like a side hustle relief. Maybe that's why a lot of us get into our side hustle. It's like, it was the opposite of what I did. So I'm typing all day and I just wanted to make art. So I did calligraphy at night for brides and I would just calligraph envelopes. Um, I had a pretty handwriting and then I took some calligraphy classes. So I knew the copper plate hand style and was pretty good at it. And so that was just a great, it was obviously a moneymaker, which I loved, but it took me away from the world that I was in mm-hmm. with um, my marketing job. So I have all this going on, basically two jobs. And the second job I was in was very much, um, I remember my boss said to me one time um, when I was asking, like, can I please have like, I don't want to have to answer to my phone on Sundays. Like I just want one day a week off. And I remember she looked me in the eyes and she goes, well, honey, you studied the wrong thing in school for that. And I was like, okay, so I don't really oh, actually agree with that, but cool. And so this is kind of a beginning of the end for me. I started to realize that this job that I was in was never going to, you know, be okay with me taking rest or leave. Um, worked really hard like I said, very into my work. And all of this culminated when my husband proposed into me trying to control matters any means that I could. And what became the easiest was um, my body. And so I started controlling what went in and what came out as far as um, exerting energy and putting in calories. It was just easy math. It was fun to be able to actually control and measure something when everything else was just spinning out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, That culminated into obviously what where it looks like it's going in eating disorder. Mm. And um, I I could I could go on and on talking about like my wedding day itself. Um, I don't remember much of it until the end of it. I was so, so very sick. I went into partial hospitalization right after we got married for three months, um, left my job for um, like medical leave from my job and went into recovery for this. And it was mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and anorexia nervosa and came out of it. And that was kind of the point where I realized, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with trying to live this hectic, crazy life of this glamorous job. I want to, I want to work for myself and make money and be happy. And so, um, it was pretty soon after that, that I left. And that's, that is why I really started my job, but my business, because I just, I didn't want to do it the old way. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I know your story because I know you and I just know how hard that you worked towards healing. And I'm just so inspired by you in that way. And something I'm curious about is in that process. I mean, I had an eating disorder in college and after for a few years, and I know a lot of women struggle with that. And, um, so I'm curious for you, like, was there like a moment that you can pinpoint that was a turning point where you're like, okay, I, I, I can sort of see a light at the end of the tunnel because I don't know if you were like me, but mm-hmm. when I was in the thick of my eating, eating disorder and I was like trying and trying to like mm-hmm. get freedom and healing and almost like white knuckle my freedom. Yeah. 
it just felt like maybe this is just going to be my shtick. Like yeah. maybe this is going to be the struggle for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And maybe I should just accept that. Like, but now on the other side, like I do know that there is healing um, or true, like true freedom. Yes, and yes. I'm curious for you, like, was there a moment like that? Or maybe it was a series of moments or. Yeah. So good. Kat. And I, yeah, I've always liked to hear you talk about your struggle with it. Cause it, is different, but the same. Um, I think that just like you said, I, so I studied classical ballet growing up and like wanted to do that with my career, ended up going to college anyway. But, um, I think that I always when like in college, when I struggled with my body image and trying again, it always came back to control for me. Mm. Um, I do, I always kept thinking like, is this my like Paul thorn in my side thing? Like, am I always going to go back and forth between binging and not eating for a few days? Like, is this just gonna be life for me? And so I think I'd kind of accepted that, but it's when it got to that really stressful point. Um, and I started just like, ultra controlling that summer that I was engaged. Um, people have asked me like, what was the moment then that you knew you needed help? And the truth is I didn't, it took um, my mom and my mother-in-law basically saying like, you, you have to get help for this. And I even went, um, like I sat down and clicked through all the forms on at the um, Atlanta center for eating disorders that I was going into recovery for. And after that, sat down with the psychiatrist and he was like, okay, so we're going to go ahead and recommend that you be admitted. And I remember looking at him and I was like, thank you so much for your opinion. It's not that bad. So like, Mm. I think that there are definitely some mental health issues that those of us, every, I mean, so many, so much of the population deals with that, but we do depend on our friends and our family to help us realize that it's a problem because we may, we may not really. Right. And we all have blind spots. Like that's, that is the reality for all of us is, I mean, I, I can, this is a different situation, but I dated this guy in my twenties and like no one in my life liked him, but I was like, well, you don't know him. Like I know him and <laughs> like, he's different when he's with me. Yeah. And it finally, I mean, my, one of my relationship coach friends says like, sometimes we have to touch the fire enough times to learn the lesson that the fire is hot, don't touch it. But some of us just have to learn on our own that like the fire is hot. And we also need other people in our lives who are willing to piss us off and speak hard truths to us when we don't want to hear it. And I can look back now and I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that I had people in my life who were willing to fight for me when I didn't want to fight for myself and when I felt like I knew better than them. Um, Because I think to really, to even put the relationship on the line and say, actually, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Like you're not in your right mind right now. Like you need help. I had one of my best friends do that for me when I was neck deep in anxiety, but was pretending that it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. She was like, okay, cool. Next time I see you, you'll be in the hospital because you will Mm -hmm. have had a breakdown. And I was like, gosh, she's dramatic. But at least where I'm at in my life now, I'm like, God, please, like, let me submit to the people in my life who Amen. are pointing out my blind spots. Amen. Um, because man, I'm I don't I'm sick of the like walking into the fire. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I love that. It's like may we be those people, and then may we also be able to listen for our friends and family when they're telling us things. Right. That's right. So good. Wow. So the so your journey to entrepreneurship was kind of like yeah. through this like web of like pain and mental health and lack of work-life balance and, um, and you were newly married, which is 
crazy. It was, it was um, a crazy time. And I think like I got, it's during that time I like got a taste. It's like all of a sudden you realize what there's people out there that do what they love and they make money. There's this whole ecosystem mm-hmm. of like people that are like freelancers and entrepreneurs and it works. Like they're not yeah. starving artists that hit me. And that's when I was mm-hmm. like, I want a piece of that puzzle. So how did you get there? And what did that look like for you? You ended up quitting your job at the PR company. You were doing calligraphy. How did you actually turn that from a side hustle to the main thing? Yeah. So I came home like one too many days complaining about my job. And my husband was like, that's it. We're putting in your two weeks notice. Like, I think you can take this writing thing. And when I say writing, I was doing the calligraphy still. And I was also writing anything I could get my hands on. Like, you name it, I'd write it resumes, like content marketing blogs for random companies, articles for magazines. Like if you were, if you had cash in your hand and would pay me to write something, I'd do it. And so it was a Mm. hodgepodge of work. Um, and I just thought, yeah, let's give it a go. So, um, he, the next day, he's so sweet. Like this is just, he's just such a better person than me. I came home one day and he was like, get in the car. We're going to get you a book. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, married my dream guy. He's taking me to a bookstore for a date. Not true. West, like he's not a big reader. Um, <laughs> we drove to Best Buy and um, he, we bought a computer. So I didn't have a laptop. Um, I just had the business, the company's laptop. So I got a laptop and I was like, okay, like this is him showing. He believes in me. He thinks I can do this. And, um, it was like, I I went ahead, I put in my notice. And I remember the first day after I quit, I loved, I felt so good to quit and sitting there. I was like, okay, what now, what do I actually do? And one thing that really helped me right off the bat is looking at my new job as not a freelancer, but a business owner. Like I had to kind of Mm. put on the hat that I was a business owner. This wasn't just going to be, um, um, Ashlyn submits to anybody who gives her some mm-hmm. money for something, but I needed to control the vision and the direction for all of this and step into the owner's seat there. Um, and so that I think was a big pivotal mindset shift that I had when mm-hmm. I first started. I think that's such a good, a, such a good point. And I know with myself for the refined woman, I <laughs> jokingly say that it was an expensive hobby for the first four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I look back now and I realize actually what really, when things really started to shift for me was when I put my money where my mouth was and Mm. I started treating it like it was a thing. Like I was always like, oh my gosh, like this is just like a blog for the fun of it. Why isn't it making any money? Like, why is it like taking so much of my time? Like, why can't I get the breakthrough that my other friends are getting? But like, how am I supposed to expect other people to take my job seriously when I am not taking ownership over it out yeah. of my own insecurity and treating it like it's a thing. Like yes. if I don't think it's a thing, then how are the people going to think it's a thing? You nailed it. Um, That's it's like once I, once I stepped out and I was really doing this full time, like I had to make this work. We had so many medical bills from my recovery and I was, it's like, okay, like it's sink or swim time. I've got to do this thing. I know that mm-hmm. some people see better success going into entrepreneurship, like saving up money in advance and then making Mm -hmm. the leap. But like, for me, I'm the type, and I know whatever Myers-Briggs you are, I am. Weren't you ENFJ? (laughs) I'm ENFJ. (laughs) Yes, me too. So whatever, we're like, 
I don't know, maybe it's just our personality type, but for me, it's like, drop me in the water and let me figure yes. out if I can do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's, what's really going to make me actually sit down and do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm similar in that way. Like, and I think that it can be a strength and a weakness, like oh, yeah, jump sure. now, fear later, like tread water. Like I'm a survivor, but like for me, I also had to have a mindset shift later on from that of like, I don't always have to be treading water. <laughs> like, this is also true. Yeah. It's like I can. our friend Sarah, our mutual friend Sarah says, she said it to me recently. And I think Tim Ferriss talks about it. But like, what if it were easy? He says like, what? Yes. You know, and I'm like, what? So people, it could be easy. Like, I guess I just like to, I love the challenge of things so yes. much. but. Yes. Oh my gosh. One of my um, friends and one of my, my coaches, she's like, what if, like, how good can you stand it? Mm. And I, cause she says that, and I think you and I are similar in this way of Love it. like, for me, I walk into a room and I see everything that's wrong first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that part of my personality, that wiring in me is what got me a full ride scholarship in college at like as an athlete, mm-hmm. like I would be on the court. And even if I want, I'd be like, okay, but how can I get better? Like, what are the tiny tweaks that I can push myself further? Like I'm not, I am a self-starter in that way. Mm-hmm. But in that, like I can also be my own worst enemy because it doesn't matter how much I've killed it or like reached the goal. I reached the goal and I'm like, well, I must not have set the bar high enough. So I'm constantly feeling like a failure yes. because I'm like, oh, but like I could have done this little thing better. <laughs> and one time she was like, if you're going to spend so much time like tearing yourself down for that amazing talk you just gave, like you better spend equal amount of time acknowledging the good that you did. And what if things were just good? Like what if not everything had to be like you dissecting everything? Like how good can you stand it? And I, I just quote. was like, yeah, like... And I still struggle with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, yeah. Yeah. Well, I am just so excited to talk with you today about my friends over at FabFitFun. All right, y'all. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size, yes, this is worth repeating, full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. I am so obsessed with this box, y'all. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200. So before I get any more into it, if you're like, oh my gosh, you're speaking my love language, go to www.fabfitfun.com to sign up for your first box and use TRW for $10 off your first box. All right. I want to tell you about what I'm loving in this season's box. Number one, I got a travel yoga mat. Y'all, I've been looking for one of these forever. Working out while I travel is hard and it is definitely hard to travel with a bulky yoga mat, especially for me because I do not like checking bags. Like it's a thing I have. So to get a travel yoga mat is such a gift. This one folds up and is so easy to just throw in your bag. It retails at $50. I cannot wait to put it in my carry-on and yoga it up. The next product that I'm really loving is this Cosmetics Pure C Vitamin C Serum. All right, you guys, I really take my skincare seriously and vitamin C has changed my skin. What it does is it brightens your skin. It helps with evening out your skin tone and definitely good for anti-aging. 
all three things that I really care about in my life right now. So this is a great option for vitamin C. And then lastly, the Wander Beauty Baggage Claim Gold Eye Mask. Okay, so I'm saving the best for last, y'all. Like I said, I'm obsessed with skincare. In addition to vitamin C, I am passionate about hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is one of the main ingredients in these eye masks. It's a great hydrator. On top of that, there is lavender oil, so it's very soothing. There's aloe oil as well. So these under eye masks are great for moisturizing. And I am literally on the go all the time, travel all the time. I hate having dry skin. And so I am the girl that always has a few packs of eye masks with me in my bag, especially when I'm traveling, because I'm not about to walk off that plane looking like a wilted flower. So ladies, we got to moisturize. So I always have a few of these in my bag. A few fun things about FabFitFun is you can go on their site and customize your box depending on what you want and need in your life currently. So once you're a part of the FabFitFun community, you'll discover pretty quickly that it's way more than just a box. There's FabFitFun TV where they have like workout videos and how-to tutorials and member-only capsule sales and add-ons where there's special brand products with up to 75% off. Like, how fun is that? And then there's this incredible FabFitFun community where other members share recipes and tips and Q&As. So it's really like this whole experience that is just really, really fun to be a part of. So friend, go get yourself a FabFitFun box. The boxes sell out super fast. So y'all go ahead and check it out. Go to www.fabfitfun.com and use TRW for $10 off your first box. Have fun, y'all. Um, so tell me a little bit, Ashlyn, how did you pivot from, so you created this successful calligraphy business, but that's not what you're doing now. Nope, not what I'm doing now. So once I got in, and I always tell my students, because I think it's what helped me, I wanted, like I ended up finding the Ashlyn-sized gap in the market. And that's like what I tell, if you're looking for, like there's more, it's never been a better time, right? To start a business, but at the same time, it's never been a noisier place. And I'm someone, so I, I, what I do now is I'm a conversion copywriter for creative entrepreneurs. Essentially what that means is I like to help people write words that make money. So in your business, when you're doing the marketing, you've got the imagery side, you've got all of the photos and the great icon elements and all the imagery elements to a brand. But what I do is the brand messaging and then the copy, which are the words, the art and science of the words that coach a conversion. They make someone click something. They make someone want to work with you in a one-on-one capacity, whatever it is you're trying to sell. That's what I do. So that was my background. Like I did marketing. I understood how to write in a way that was persuasive. But when I got in and I'm, I'm in this world, I'm going to these rising tide society meetups and I'm hearing these entrepreneurs talk. And when it came to sales, they couldn't figure out how to make sales. They couldn't figure out how to be persuasive. They had no idea what to write on their website. They, you know, I'd look at their work with me pages and I was appalled, like, no one's going to want to work with you. This is <laughs> the, the value isn't there. Like, and you're asking for a, you know, $5,000 photography package. And so it got to be where I was like, could I help you with this? And so mm. more and more, I would ask if I could help people. Um, and when I, I even remember too, like typing in there, there's, there's that big rising tide society Facebook group. And I would show up in there. And I was like, Hey guys, like, 
who's got questions about copywriting? I can help answer crickets. Mm. Like no one even knew what the word meant. Or they'd be like, I've already got a contract. Thanks. And I'm like, that's not the exact kind of copywriting I'm talking about. But anyway, it's like over time, I slowly started to make a dent and people understood what I did. And so that also um, eclipsed the other side of my business insofar as um, revenue goes and market need. And so I stopped doing, I took calligraphy orders last year, which was my second full calendar year in business. And um, I've not taken any this year and I'm not planning on it. Um, it just, I, I've found the, the gap and the need in the market where I can be the only one that does it for a very certain small niche group of people. And I want to mm. stay there. So I think you touched on something that I'm really curious about right now in like what's going on culturally. So we have like, it sounds like what I know about marketing, which is like nothing compared to what you know, obviously, um, is like you have to to dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) You have to almost like back yourself into a corner and create a niche, and um, like brand stickiness is like you want your target market to like get on your site and like never want to leave it, and then you're the person who's like not your ideal client to like get on there and be like, you gross, like this is not for me. Um, But it seems like we're in this time in our culture where Mm. it's like, we're like, there's this call for like inclusivity Mm. and almost to like be all things to all people. And granted, I really believe that there has been some massive injustice for um, people of color in our country mm-hmm. and, and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that wrong needs to be righted, but I wonder, like, sometimes I'm like, but am I still allowed to have a target market? Cause I it seems like, question, Kat. no, like this is not, I, it's enough. just something like, I don't really know the answer to, but I'm like, I'm going to, you know, different people's websites. And sometimes I'm seeing like, oh, I see what you're doing here, trying to look more inclusive, but really your, your product is still for that same, like, well, she's 25 to 30 white, upper middle class, like, yeah. and so I've just been wondering about that and I would love to know what you think about That's it. That's so good. So the best way that I have, like when it comes to figuring out your target market, and again, this is like what I tell my students is think about your favorite, even if it was freelancing and you're moving in, like, I'm not saying your favorite official clients as a business owner, but like when you were doing this thing that you love, what were the three projects you worked on where you were like passionate and in your sweet spot? Um, And I think that like shape your target market around that. So it kind of takes, I don't know, like demographics out of it. And we're looking more at psychographics of it. Like what was the problem you were trying to solve and the ways that you got to apply what you know to it, that that problem and that specific thing that you did to solve it, that needs to be something that you consider, at least consider it, niching down into that. Um, And then when it comes to zooming out and actually like, again, when I talk to clients and I'm trying to figure out how to position their products and their, their business, I'm not asked, I don't know, I don't, the ideal client, I tell my students this too, the ideal client avatar exercise didn't work for me. It just didn't work Mm. because I think it was too much focused on this like cutout of a person when as somebody who loves sales psychology, I care about what's going on. I care about the psychographics of it. Like what was the problem going through their head? Like let's shape the marketing around that. And then whomever fits into that mold um, now, again, we're going to get specific, like you said, like, let's attract and repel the heck out of this. Like, let's mm-hmm. get really specific with it. Um, but I think we 
worry less about the demographic itself. I don't know. I just, the ideal client avatar, I don't even do that with my students because I just, I don't know. I just would rather base it off of actual humans I've worked with before and projects I've worked on. That's really fascinating. And I think it gives a lot of like, that helps like answer the question for me of like, you're dealing with someone's mind then and their, and their, in their decisions and their pain points. Um, so that, that like is super helpful for me to hear as a business owner of like, all right, let's not focus on the demographic as much as like the, the problem and how I want to fix it. And then there will be demographics that come up from there, but like not focusing as much on that. I think it's Um, like reverse, it's like reverse engineer it. Yeah. Like we're, we start, when we start talking about like, who's your ideal client, I think we're starting with the wrong questions. Mm, mm, That's powerful. Um, Okay. So one thing I really do want to talk with you about Ashlyn is your productivity hacks. Um, you are one of the most organized people that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, first of all, everyone needs to sign up for your email list because your the free content you give away for creative entrepreneurs is so insightful. And even if you aren't an entrepreneur, like I think you're the way that you do business is so incredible. Um, and I know like I've really struggled with like being organized and time management and even like, how do you work from home? And you in your current life season, now you have a small child and you're still running this like crazy successful business. So how do you do it? And how can we follow you? Well, it's just these three simple steps. (laughs) It has been, and I appreciate all your words on that. And thank you too. I told my husband recently, I was like, some people have been saying nice things about my content recently. And man, that means the world because dang it, I spend a whole lot of time on it. So right? <laughs> thank you. But um, I think that when it when I started and I set up my business, I had to Ashland proof my business because, and like I had to be organized when I set it up because I freaking came from like, like I had hit rock bottom. Like there's no way mm. I could go back to that. I think I was so terrified of relapse. That's truly what it was. Mm. I was so terrified of relapse that I did everything I could to set up a business that could run when it can't because I was mm. I was just petrified of losing it all again. And now that I've left mm. this job, like I would do anything not to go back to that lifestyle that I had in corporate life. So I was like, I've got to make this thing work. I have to set it up. Um, so I got really obsessive about it and it didn't happen at first. I had to go through a few months of realizing this was not going to change if I didn't make it a priority. Um, because I went into, like I just described, I started offering something that no one was really offering to the market that I wanted to target. I grew fast and I took on it was very easy to get clients. Um, there's a lot of things in business I did not know how to do. Marketing was the one thing I did. So mm-hmm. clients was not the problem. <laughs> the problem was the other mm. part of the business. Um, yeah. And very quickly, I found myself right back where I started, working seven days a week and like not in a healthy place. And we, my husband, we were just like, this is not going to fly. This is not going to work. So that's mm. when I got really serious about things. Um And yeah, so I started implementing systems and processes and workflows and templates that would, again, like I said, Ashlyn proof the business. Um, I'm also a big process, like I think I'm a creative person and it also takes me perhaps longer than people would think to process. I am a very, I think, slow thinker. I have to Mm. 
write through things. I have to have a lot of time and white space to think about things and how I want to solve it. Um, I'm not a very like quick gut reaction. This is what we're going to do. And it works person. I have to, um, I don't know. I have to look at my feelings to make a decision Mm. sometimes. So with that said too, I've had to make sure that I have plenty of time to process and have white space. That's super helpful. Um, I'm just thinking of like myself and how I can get in like go mode and I'm like, go, 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 achieve, achieve, check off the do-do list. And I'm like, hit these walls. And I'm like, why am I hitting these walls? And I need to do what you're saying and like pause, assess, process, allow myself to feel and then move from that place as opposed to like just pushing through. Um, Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs... I mean, I hit burnout a few years ago in my business and that's when all the anxiety stuff started coming Mm, out for me. Um, And in essence of like not wanting to do, not wanting to get to that place anymore, I realized like I have to have work-life balance. I have to be more organized because like I started this whole business so I could like do the thing that I feel passionate about and that I feel called to be doing, but also so that I could like live the life I wanted to live. But then what really happened is I became a slave to my job that I started. Um, And it wasn't making me like hardly any money. I was making pennies. Um, So my question for you, Ashlyn, is um, like if you could, if you could give like, if there were like five systems or Mm -hmm. five hacks that you had to support someone in their entrepreneur pursuit um, in a sustainable way, like what would those things be? Okay, perfect. I just, I had written out some notes before and I just wrote one, two, three, four, five next to them. Yeah. them. Um, also <laughs> I can so relate. I'm, I don't know like much about Enneagram, but there's a girl on my team that's obsessed. And so I'm a one and I feel like I yes, always get a are. three next. So like, I don't think it's possible to have one wing three, but <laughs> I, so I thought I was a one for like the longest time because of the whole like perfectionism and walking into a room and like seeing everything that's wrong and setting your own bar and then getting it yes. and being like, well, I must be a failure because I got the bar that I set for myself. <laughs> um, but every time I've actually taken a test, I'm like 95% a three. And I'm like, I don't understand. What am I? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Whatever types we are, it's like I could connect so much with what you just said about like part of it's becoming a slave to your business. It's like I would set mm. these goals and then hardcore run after the goal. And it's like, Wes would be like, my Wes, my husband, why are you doing that? And I'd be like, because it's the goal. And he would be like, but why? Mm. And I'm like, because it's the goal. Like, stop asking. Like, it's, that <laughs> is what I'm going towards. But then I think I've started to realize like stepping back and being like, but why is it? And like, what is, mm. what does enough look like for Ashlyn Carter? Like what is enough income and revenue and time spent on the business actually look like for me? So I, I say these next tips as someone who's like completely taking a dose of her own medicine. And like, I have to continue to learn how to walk into these things. Um, but these are just some of the things that have helped a creative brain like me um, get serious about stuff. So the first tip that I have is, and I call it like in my YouTube videos or with my students, a parking lot, simply because I just don't love the idea of a brain dump. Um, I just don't like the word. (laughs) (laughs) And I like parking lot. It sounds better. So having a constant place like out beside me where I can just put any idea that ever enters my head and know that it's logged and captured is Mm. unbelievably helpful because I am the queen of working on a project for a client or even my own business. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 
brilliant. What if I X, Y, Z happens to me all the time. And I like shiny object syndrome is so big for me. Like I have to fight it Mm. constantly. And so just having a place like open neck, it's in one of my notebooks. Um, it's in power sheets. If you've heard of that tool before, it's just a blank page. Honestly, it's a blank page. And whenever I come up with ideas, I write them on there. So I constantly have a place where I'm capturing any idea that I have. And then I do have, and I'll talk about it in a minute during my weekly review, but I do like look at this list once a week. And then at the end of the month, and I see like what felt like a to-do and what was actually a good idea like to do, because I have a really hard time distinguishing in my head between what's really a to-do and what just feels like Mm -hmm. one. So keeping a list like that has helped me immensely. Um, Brain dump, whatever you want to call it, parking lot. And then when I do have those moments of anxiety and stress, I just write, I just fill it up even more. Like just write everything. It's like, if I can get everything that's running around my head, like a chicken with its head cut off and put it on paper, Mm -hmm. it becomes less of a monster because I can see it in front of me. So clarifying question. Bring it on. Because I'm like the queen of, I need to do this one thing. And then I get done with it. And I'm like, why the hell did I just spend my day doing that? Can you, how do you discern? Like, how do you know, like, okay, this thing that feels like a to-do actually isn't a to-do. Yeah. There is um, a writer I really look up to. And one time she was talking about your inbox and she said, it's funny how you always find a way to answer the emails that need answering. And I was like, you know what? That's the most healthy way I think I've ever looked at email. It's like the ones that you need to answer, you'll answer. And so when it comes to looking at my to-do list, another thing I always do is I review. Okay, so I set annual goals for myself, um, like things that I want to try to do. And I reread those every single week. So when I'm picking the things that I'm going to do during a week, I pick a big three for every week. I'm looking at this to-do list I have, but I've also just read my big goals. That very quickly helps me understand, like, is this, if, like, you're always deciding where your time is going to go, the idea is to choose well. So if I'm choosing between these different things, what's actually going to inch me towards who I want to be at the end of 2019 and what just feels like it would be something fun to do on a rainy day. Um, yeah. that's, what's been most helpful to me is always coming back to like ground zero and looking at what did I write down when I was really in that moment of considering who I wanted to be at the end of this year. That's super helpful. Okay. Tell me, I just help me break some of these things down. So they're practical. Cause sometimes I don't yeah. even realize what I'm doing. You're just so brilliant. You're just so brilliant. I'm you, just, everything you're saying is so great and practical. You're, I love you're it. Kind, I think I'm so right now I have get a parking lot set annual goals, reread them every single week, and then pick a big three every week. Every week. Um, Yeah. Yes. When I pick a big three and I've like, I read a lot about efficiency and productivity because I think A of all, I'm nosy about how people spend their time. I just, I'm always interested. Um, But I like hearing different ideas and then trying what works for me and then like Mm. keep it if it works. If it doesn't work, don't worry about it. And I know that one woman I really look up to, she picks like one career, one or like two career, two family and like two personal, but like, I, I just need three. I just need three things. Mm. Um, and they can be a mix, but I kind of tell myself like, if these three things don't get done, it was mm. like, that's a loss. So if I just yes. have those three things, I can feel a lot better about getting through, um, yeah. and inching closer on things. 
Yeah, that's super helpful. Yeah. Okay, so what are two more things? Okay, let's see. I'm looking. Oh, I can take you through the weekly review, like the other things that I ask myself at the end of the Mm -hmm. week. So Mm -hmm. one thing I look at the big three from last week and I like, like give myself a report card on how I did (laughs) on them. Um, I also always look at like what I, the, the big lesson learned from that week. So I write down like my one big lesson that I learned this week was X, Y, Z. I always, I'm turning to a recent one so I can show you them. Okay. Here they are. I can like look all through all of them. I write down what worked and what didn't work. I write down, yeah, the lesson learned. I write down any obstacles that I ran into. And then the last thing I do is write down how I'll adjust moving forward. Mm. And that's like, I don't know, because it's hard for me to take, probably it's hard for me to take criticism sometimes, but when I have to like actually sit down with my pen in hand and write how I will change and adjust moving Mm. forward, it makes me kind of be like, okay, it's up to me. Um, I said it recently to my community, but you don't get rewarded for what you intend to do. You're rewarded for what you do. And I'm the queen of being like, oh my gosh, I should send her a note. I should write a thing. I should call my grandfather. I should like, you know, and it's easy to think these things and then kind of pat ourselves on the back for thinking these things, but you didn't do them. You didn't do them. You just thought about doing them. And so like really actually making myself look down and see like, how will I adjust and check in um, has been really helpful for me. I think that's so powerful, Ashlyn, because it's, it's taking responsibility for how I'm showing up as opposed to becoming a victim to your circumstances mm-hmm. or your time or your potential. Like, well, you I think that when, that's the word I was looking for. It's responsibility. <laughs> that's it. Yes. <laughs> responsibility. Yes. I mean, I think when you're younger, you know, elementary school, high school, maybe even college, like to have someone talk about your potential is an exciting thing, but I'm 34 now. Cool. I, I don't want to live off my potential. I want to live into my power, Mm -hmm. into my giftings. Mm -hmm. Like I want to not just say I'm going to do something. I'm going to actually do it. And I think that's, that's so much like what you just hit on. Like you don't get rewarded for what you intend to do. You get rewarded for what you actually do. And taking steps forward takes, gosh, I just think it takes so much discipline and courage to ask yourself those questions every single week. And I literally just wrote them down. I'm going to start doing them because so often, like I get to the end of my week and I'm like, how did another week get away from me? Like, how did, how, like, why? And I, I so often can feel like such a failure with my time. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm not in control of my time. Um, but that's actually not true. Um, and I just have to, or I get to, if I choose to like show up in a different way. So good. Kat. I, and I, it's like not even a week passing, but like, don't you hate that feeling when you get to the end of a month and you're like, where did this mo- like, how did a month mm-hmm. go? And I didn't do anything mm-hmm. like worthwhile, you know, like I hate that feeling. So having a weekly review and I pretty much do the same thing at the end of a month too. It's pretty much the same thing. Just looking back mm-hmm. over the month, but that's helped me be like, okay, like what actually happened here? Yes. Now, what can you say? I want to, I know we're going to be wrapping up here in a few minutes, Mm -hmm. but for the person who is working at home and maybe they were like you, like they had the desk job or the nine to five and that structure that comes with it. And then moving from home can like sound like it's going to be sexy and glamorous. Mm -hmm. Like I can be in my yoga pants all day. Um, or I can just like throw in that laundry when I'm, 
you know, but it can, reality is it can be super lonely. It can feel depressing at times. And you can like be midway through your day and you're like, wait, why have I been cleaning my kitchen for the last hour? Like what is even (laughs) happening right now? Um, how do you stay motivated? And I know that you're not currently working from home if I'm correct, but you have worked from home for a portion of your career. Yes. For a long time, my office was the spare bedroom. I now Mm -hmm. within the past month have moved over the garage. So I'm like a little, like my commute is walking across the driveway, which (laughs) separation of church and state has been everything, but um, (laughs) yeah. Um, Okay. I think that, and I was reading recently, some entrepreneur was saying like, when you, it's funny how, when you start working for yourself, you do, there's that lure of like, I can do it whenever I want. And then you like Mm. get to this next phase where you think, you know what, there was kind of something to that, like nine to five and that commute that put a little bit of buffer mm-hmm. between the two things. Um, one thing that's really helped me just like a quick hack is batching days. And I know I talk about it probably like ad nauseum in like YouTubes and stuff, but it's, I talk about it because it has, it was a game changer and I've been doing it for two years. So essentially I just make myself like I have one, I divided my business into the five big topics that I have to get done. And then I, on each day of the week, so I work five days out of the week. Um, I do like that, that is the, the point at hand that I'm working on is that big topic, whether it's marketing Mm. or meetings or finances for the business or client work. I just pick that one thing and I like everything. So then the next time the week rolls around, that's when I pull that stuff back out. Um, Mm. So things don't bleed one into the other. It's just really, really helped me work from home, but also feel like there's some structure. That's so helpful. Um, I feel like there's days when I do good at that. And then I don't know what part of my personality is this. Like one of my guy friends calls it gapping. He's like, he grew up with a bunch of sisters and he's like, like, it's like guys' minds are like this, you know, like this board of wires and they're organized. And he's like, women's minds are like someone just threw all those wires into that junk drawer and they're like all interconnected. (laughs) And he's like, it's, kind of impressive to me because you're like, but I know where this wire is. And so like by nature, like our minds can just go from like, oh, like I'm doing this. And then my mind hops over here, then it hops over here. And I'm like, I can constantly feel like I'm like chasing little butterflies. Um, And I think it can be a good thing, but then I think it can also be like, well, I get to, you can get to the end of your day and you're like, okay, so what did I even do? I started, I opened up 30 different tabs on my computer and (laughs) forgot which one I was beginning with. And then nothing got crossed off your to-do list. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's so helpful batching your days. Um, Gosh, Ashlyn, there's so much in here, so much good stuff. Um, If you had just one thing that you wanted to tell a person that was, that is really wanting to make her dream become a possibility and and actually like make her money, like what would that thing be? I'll say what I've been like meditating on recently. Um, I read it and it's just stuck with me. Even if you never slept, you still wouldn't be able to meet the expectations that your clients, your customers, all of your followers, your family, your friends, and yourself are putting on you. And I think that that is like, once I realized, you know what, even if I never shut my eyes to sleep and I was always doing and performing for all these expectations that these different groups are putting on me, I would still never match up. So like 
that to me takes a little bit of the pressure off. And I'm like, okay, so I do get to decide. I'm always choosing. I want to choose well then. Um, I don't know. That's like one thing that I would say like would have helped me at the beginning because I think I did like go right back into performance mode um, when I was starting my business and realizing lately that, yeah, even if I never even shut my eyes at night, I still wouldn't meet all of their expectations. So I am going to do this in a way that is helpful and fruitful for me too. Mm, That's so good. So good. What a word to end on, girlfriend. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your time. I just respect you so much and I respect your business so much and the way you do your life. And um, I learned so much. I have so much to implement into my life from our conversation. So I really hope and pray that um, the people that listen to this get just just as much out of it. So thanks for sharing your heart. I'm delighted to have gotten to be on. Thank you so much. And how can people get your incredible emails and YouTubes and you have online courses and curriculum? Yes. Most everything can be found at ashlynwrites.com, A-S-H-L-Y-N, and then W-R-I-T-E-S.com. The YouTube and all of the links and the freebies are pretty much downloadable and findable from there. Awesome. So good. Well, have a great weekend and I just want to see you in real life soon. So let's make that That happen. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye girl. I want to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching Bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it. Dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called Six Tips to Activating Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and might I also say fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity, and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up. If you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to. 
follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.